Hey, could you keep an eye on my podcast? I'll be back around midnight. Yeah, but what time is bedtime? Oh, it's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's Extraordinary Etiquette. For Ordinary Occasions, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. <gasps> okay. There was some hesitation there. Well, what? this has nothing to do with our, our show. Okay. But I got a partial crown on my tooth, and it still kind of mm, hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will happen. Yeah, I've got a couple yeah. of those now. Yeah. Because of these bad chompers of mine. <laughs> uh, but you know what? You're right. It's neither here nor there. It's not what it's are, not what we're about. How are you, dear? I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm really taking kind of the spring cleaning mentality at heart. I'm getting a lot of projects around the house done. Yes, you are. I have noticed. Um, yeah, I'm just great. We've got a grill. So I've grilled like three nights in a row now. <laughs> um, but, hey, less dishes. Yeah, it's true. None of that is what we're talking about. We're talking about babysitting, which, you know what? Actually, I say that we're heading, we're getting closer to summer, mm. um, which does always make me think about babysitting because I, I was a summer nanny uh, for two different families over the years. Oh. Uh, and I, I also babysat a lot. Were you ever a babysitter? Was that ever your I gig? mean, other than my little sister, so yeah. watching her, um, and then... I did babysit a little bit when I got out of college, um, but it wasn't my it wasn't my main deal. It was kind of a an extra every once in a while thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, this is something that we'll talk about. At that time, I had been a swim teacher for like fifteen years. I'd been a lifeguard for fifteen years. Um, I was certified in first aid, CPR, lifeguarding, um, babysitting, bloodborne pathogens, like AED, all of that stuff. Um, and so I was totally overqualified to watch these two children, Mm -hmm. uh, but they were amazing. And the reason that I was asked to watch them is because I was giving them swimming lessons, um, which is how a lot of babysitting gets started. Um, from doing something else right yeah well from meeting the person somewhere else maybe uh, a lot of people ask their primary school teachers or they ask their regular daycare providers if someone likes them if the kids like them enough anything like that that happens a lot but no i didn't do it as a child other than my sister i i babysat uh a family that had two kids uh one summer at, like basically Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, from like eight to three every day. Again, I would, I think I should, you would stick with that original thing. It's nannying. Yeah, that's, that's not babysitting. No, I nannied that. But I also, it, I got that job because I babysat the kids for like nights when their parents would go out. And okay. Then, like, I got the job as the nanny doing that. Um, then I also got a job for a family uh, where I was supposed to babysit two kids and a baby. And the first day I showed up, 
uh, without being warned ahead of time, I was told that their friends were also there. And so there was a total of seven kids. <gasps> um, and then the next day that happened again. And oh, I got very no. frustrated. And then I got fired. Well, um, um I would say that that was a fortuitous circumstance because yes, I was fine. And I say I got frustrated. <laughs> Basically, um, the the kids were one of them was very good, and the baby was very good, and one of them was just a real pain, uh, who was really enjoying being a pain while her friend was being a pain, and I, uh, I disciplined like I basically like told her that she was misbehaving. You know, I didn't like yell at her or anything. But I just like put her in timeout or whatever you would call it. And she apparently told her mom and then her mom told me not to come back. So, well, um, but I really do. I enjoy babysitting. We'll talk a little bit about that too, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I enjoy babysitting. I, I like kids, you know. I, I think they're cool. Um, I also taught a lot of like summer camp programs and worked in children's theater a lot. And I just enjoy children. I think children are fun, you know. They're, ours is pretty good. Ours is pretty good. Um, in general, the macros have gotten pretty lucky across the board. Our kids are great. So enough about us. Let's talk about babysitting. Okay. So the word babysitter entered. I was about to ask. Okay. Yes. Go. <laughs> entered the public lexicon, uh, by the Oxford English Dictionary in its 1937 edition. Why? Because you sit on babies. Well, you sit and watch the baby. So probably before that, um, babysitting was more referred to as child rearing um, or nursing or nannying, right? Because there really wasn't uh, there really wasn't anywhere where you would like hire someone who wasn't just going to be yours like on salary right Got it. so like okay so kind of like mary poppins or mary yeah. poppins rolls up and she's just there all the time yes or nanny mcphee or the nurse from romeo and juliet that might right. be a better right uh, better representation because you hired someone who became a member of your household right right um and if you didn't hire someone, you had extended family or friends who kind of like you all. I've heard it referred to as a babysitting co-op. Sure. Um, but in general, that's the same idea where there's a, a group of people who are related either by blood or by proximity, usually. Um, and they take turns watching the whole group of children that's in their care. Gotcha. So. Which is, I would say, similar to what the macros do whenever like, we yeah. go on family vacations or tours or stuff together, where at any given time, as long as there is an adult, you know, it's like, cool, right. they've got it. Yes, I trust them with them. Yes. Um, so then the idea of babysitting is so funny because normally when a, a word enters the, you know, vernacular, it starts as a verb. Babysit did not start as a verb. It started as a noun, babysitter. Okay. Um, and then the verb uh, babysit and babysitting came later, which is just so interesting. Um, but but where does like, it, why is it a babysitter and not like baby watcher or baby carer or something like why? Um, I wasn't able to really find out that because the word was probably used kind of colloquially 
before it was actually introduced gotcha. into the lexicon. So like everyone, it had become common use right. without it being like, and here is why. No one created it from whole cloth to describe the thing. Okay. Not that I could find, but <clears throat> the word babysitter has spawned other words. Pet sitter, uh-huh. house sitter, right? Yes. So those words came about after babysitter. I have to assume it's something like sit here and watch the baby. Right? <laughs> Maybe. It's got to be that. I'm just like, I just need someone to sit here and watch the baby. Um, And that that is probably why I would make that distinction between babysitting and nannying. Um, because nannying is more like caring for the child, more like you're expected to kind of teach and rear and ma- yeah. help them grow. Whereas babysitting, I feel, is more like just watch it, make sure it doesn't die. Right. So I will say like when I nannied, right, it was a lot more of like take the kids to the park if they want to go or like drive them to class, you know, if they had like some kind of like summer right. class or something. And, and, you know, when you babysit, it's like, I just need you, I just need an adult type person in the house from like seven to 10, right? Yeah. And just I, yeah. stay here. Yeah. Keep it safe. Yes, correct. Right. Um, and this really came about, this, this babysitting uh, that we think of because of post-World War II America. Um, again, we have the, the suburban uh suburb sub suburbification sure is that it sure. of america where people live in the suburbs they go to the city maybe to work but then they come home to the suburbs um and so the baby boomers uh when they were born obviously there were lots of kids that's why their generation is called baby boomers uh-huh. um and someone needed to watch them so that those poor parents could get out of the house every once in a while. Um, and I also have to assume that, that was there was a rise in like leisure vacationing and stuff then too, right? Certainly. That must have been a big part of it. Yeah, but you would take your kids with you on vacation well, I mean, sometimes. Most of the time. Sometimes. Uh, so then teenage girls and boys at the time found employment easy to find in the suburbs there watching other children um and it it did actually historically it was a job reserved for girls um just because probably that weird kind of gender gender roles of like, yeah oh, caring for is for the the lady folk and Not- men don't care for babies <laughs> Not just that, but like societal norms, men, uh, boys were looking for physical labor kind of jobs, um, and girls were, you know, asked to stay home and do house things. I see. Okay. Anyway, even after World War II, can you believe that? Rosie the Riveter and everything and all yeah. the women who saved the jobs. Anyway, okay, that's that's something for another show, I think. You can talk about it on this show. Okay, go for it. <laughs> okay. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the babysitting and the teenage girl in okay. in the context of You sound like you're about to go into like uh, like one of those scientific instructional videos of like the teenage girl <laughs> seen here. Look into her brain. 
Well, while we, I specifically expressed the idea of gender and societal norms repressing women, at the time, it was actually considered a, um, a, a move towards freedom for these younger girls. Because they could get out and earn some money. That's right. Um, so they were getting some personal freedom and being within the adults' expectations of them and earning spendable, uh, what, do, what do you call that? Spending, Spending money. money. Yeah. yeah. Expendable income. Sure. That's what I was looking uh, for. See, that's better because I was combining the two and I was going to say spendable income and I knew that didn't sound <laughs> right. Um, it was kind of seen as like a compromise in a way uh, because... It kept the girls in their place, which is the home, right? 1950s is their home. But it also meant leaving them alone in a position of authority. So six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, in the 60s, what then started to happen was the portrayal of babysitters in the media as sex objects. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the idea that they were kind of... They were portrayed in the media as usually white, middle-class teenagers. Um, some of them, like, would find that uh, the teenagers were always kind of like... I, I guess there's two tropes. So there's the, the teenager who is, like, sweet and innocent, uh -huh. right? Comes to babysit, doesn't know what she's gotten herself into. And then the other trope is the babysitter who is, like, a world... Who is worldly uh -huh. and educates the children in the ways of the world. Do you uh -huh. know what I mean? Yeah. And in either way, you can kind of find the objectification of this role. Sure. You're looking at me a little incredulously. No, no, this is one of those things where I listen. Schmanners is a very PG show, and I'm trying to think of, of the proper term because I the I have the term coquettish pop in my head, okay. but I'm not sure uh, what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't decide which of those two coquettish applies to. Coquettish is like flirty and yes, right. I think that that might be, it might apply to the, the worldly right. babysitter. Right. Well, because, I mean, listen, this is in the 60s, mind you, it's the 80s. But when you think about, like, adventures and babysitting, right? right? You have this babysitter who rolls up and they get involved in all these shenanigans, right? Like, yep. and then I think, I think you're right. That, like, there's two, I, I, you are right, uh, two kind of film tropes, mm -hmm. right? Of the, like, babysitter, of the, like, hands on head. Oh, no, these kids. Right, and then there's also the like. Turns out she's an influence or whatever, and then I, right. I, I, but I, what I was thinking of the reason I had a weird look in my face when you looked over is how that connects to like the sexualization idea of like the babysitter. Ooh, and it's just, and I, it all applies. It's just all weird. <laughs> yes. Also, starting in the '60s up to the present day, we now have training programs that are offered to people who want to babysit, like CPR and first aid yep and absolutely and, and a little more than that so the red cross um i said juggling and you didn't hear it because i was like setting up like a yeah, first aid and the cpr and juggling and you're really like, juggling but you didn't hear me say it oh i was i finished your sentence in my mind yeah. with like you thought i was gonna say something like 
intelligent. No, I thought you were going to say something like, like juggling expectations. Oh, no. Or just something juggling. Like, just, just juggling, juggling apples okay. or maybe chainsaws. So the Red Cross, um, it varies a little bit, but typically the training courses for youth ages 11 to 15. Um, and in that, not only do they learn about first aid and, and CPR, but they, they also life. <laughs> they learn how to respond to emergencies and to care for themselves when home alone. Which is good. Those are listen, even if you have uh, children or if you are a young person, uh, even if you don't intend to go into any kind of child care profession, those are good things to know. Take Absolutely. those classes. I did. They're great. And the last part of the course is should you decide to offer services as a babysitter, uh, it teaches them how to promote their services. There you go. Uh, it's about eight hours. Um, and, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it doesn't take place over one day. Oh, it's okay. usually great, great, a week great. of evening classes. Um, same thing with the YMCA. They offer their own. Um, and it's very similar to the the Red Cross programming. Um um, and one of the things that the YMCA really includes is explaining the latest child care tactics and theories. Um, I really wish that I had taken both courses. I did take when I was in Girl Scouts, we took the babysitting course and they taught things like how to change a diaper, never warm a bottle in the microwave. Yeah, but not a lot of like child psychology. Right. And, yeah. Behaviorals. Right. Uh, they said, you know. Never hit children, obvs. Yes. Uh, don't shake a baby. Don't shake a baby. Um, and timeouts are the the discipline of choice. Things like that. Always have the parents' number available. Yes. Stuff like but that. I, but I will also say, like, so I, I took some child psychology classes in college, and that was very informative and all well and good and highly recommended. But I will say that when it comes to dealing with kids, I think you learn way more by doing. Yes. I, I am a I, I am a by by interacting learner and like between nannying and babysitting and working with kids and various different, you know, classes and stuff and then having our own kid, I feel like I'm just now beginning to understand kids. <laughs> well, so I um I took a look through the Red Cross um the book that they offer for babysitting. It is quite long. But it is free, available online. Um, and they went over things about, like, how to make sure a home environment is safe and a lot of really physical things. But I wouldn't, I wasn't able to locate the um, YMCA one. Uh, maybe it's proprietary information. I'm Ooh. not sure. Um, but I would be interested in seeing some of those. I don't know, again, how much child kind of interaction I would lump into actual babysitting because like I talked about earlier I feel like the distinction between like nannying and babysitting has to do with like one how much the kids are asleep because I think about yeah. babysitting as like being an evening thing where basically either the kids are already in bed and you are just paid to sit in the house and make sure that nothing happens um or that it's like dinner and bedtime. I mean, you know? it's possible. But I would also say that it gets a little bit semantic because like 
you could ask somebody to come over and babysit from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. while you ran, you know, ran errands. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess so. I think that when it comes down to it, if you're babysitting, ask the kid what they want to play, what they want to play with, do that with them. You know what I mean? And and keep the conversation light. <laughs> um, and if you're nannying, I think by that point you have a better idea of like what is the norm and what the schedule is. You know what? We'll get to advice questions and stuff here in a second. But first, how about a thank you note to our sponsor? This week's sponsor is ModCloth. At ModCloth, there is no such thing as an ordinary outfit. These clothes are crafted by a team of in-house designers, and their signature styles include hand-drawn prints, standout silhouettes, and an inclusive size, size range that celebrates all women. Yeah. So I Take love... Take that, women. <laughs> <laughs> I love shopping at ModCloth, um, and I'm very excited. I just got a new catalog for their spring collection very nice i'm excited to fill my closet with florals and summer stripes and pastels it is very pretty bb and i were enjoying looking through it as well our two-year-old also enjoys the catalog yeah um and the thing i really like about modcloth's website specifically is you can search by kind of style feel so i usually head straight to that vintage style Mm. tab i love shopping those i love the the beautiful cuts of the dresses and oh i could just go on and on um and it's really great because i can't always find something that i feel would look right on me um because i have a hard time negotiating between uh, I am a quote plus size woman so I have a hard time negotiating between should I get this in a large or an extra large what's the difference between their 2x and their all of that stuff don't have to worry about on Modcloth they have some really great uh, sizing help um, and they carry sizes between double zero and size 28 which is pretty good so, you can get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more if you go to modcloth.com, that's modcloth.com, and enter the code SCHMANNERS at checkout. Uh, that's 15% off your first purchase of $100 or more at modcloth.com, enter the code SCHMANNERS. This offer is valid for one time only and expires on July 6th, 2019, so go do it now! Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners regardless of quality or content with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world. And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a Medi- medication. medication. First-time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear yeah, from you it's really fun for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice. 
Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the host of Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up, Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Every episode, we cover a different episode of The Simpsons that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, that's yeah. no surprise because it's The Simpsons, but I mean, like, you can't say that about a lot, a lot, of, a lot of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point had been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later. Okay. We've got some questions. Okay. Uh, this is from Kayla. Is it all right to fall asleep if the parents won't be back until 1 to 2 a.m.? Um, I would say that, well, I mean, 1 to 2 a.m., yeah, I yeah, think I it's okay to sleep. I wouldn't like, I would sleep on the couch in the front room. Um, With, I wouldn't. Especially if there's some kind of monitor, like oh, a baby yeah. monitor or whatever, make sure you have that monitor near you. Right. Um, I wouldn't make myself at home in their bed. <laughs> no. Look, here's the thing. So in my experience, both now as a parent and as a babysitter, the answer to a lot of these questions is going going to boil down to setting expectations. Certainly. Right? I think if the parents tell you they won't be back until like 2 a.m. and the baby goes to sleep at like 9 or 8, I think it's all right to say, is it all right with you if I snooze on the couch then with the monitor next to me until you get home? Right? Because, and, you know, they'll say yes or they'll say no or whatever. But it's something of like, if... I didn't know that was happening and I came home and the person was asleep. It might be like, oh, okay, cool. But I go to sleep then. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm staying up till 2 a.m. staring at the baby monitor making sure they're okay. So I'm sure it's fine. I suppose you are then paying the babysitter to sleep. Well, but also to be in the house with the monitor in case yes. the baby wakes up and needs Yes. I, I think that that's a good idea. Maybe... Just knowing the right questions to ask right. is what you really need to do. Yes. And not it's not about like the specific kind of 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m. thing. It's about if someone is going to be, uh, if they're going to be coming home past your own bedtime. Yes. You should ask. Because my bet would be if they're not coming home until 2 a.m., they don't expect you to just be sitting there like staring at the monitor in silence <laughs> waiting for something like I'm sure they'll understand, but I also think they will really appreciate you asking. I mean, yes. that's the other thing is at a certain point, this is different than a lot of the subjects we cover because a lot of the subjects we cover are very like social. Um, and while babysitting can often be like for friends or for family or whatever, this is it's a business, you know what I mean? And right. it's, it's a service that you're providing. And so making sure that your customers, the parents or the caretakers are happy this is good business, you know what I mean? So I think asking and making sure everyone knows what the plan is, mm -hmm. is good business. Uh, along those same lines, Ashton asks, what do you think the standard price quote per hour per kid should be? Um, and to connect that, um, Gertie Vintage asks, whenever I babysit, I usually just hope for money. I never set a standard price and I feel awkward establishing one. How should I go about it? Okay, so I'm going to answer the second question first. Okay. Your time is worth being paid for. Yes, correct. So um, you don't need to feel awkward. They are expecting to pay you. And if they aren't, 
you don't want to work for them. So I think that it is important that you do set some rates. And what I would normally do, what I did when I was babysitting is for the first child, I asked for one fee and every additional child I tacked on like a half price fee. Right. Right. Because you're already going to be there. Exactly. It's already your time. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Babysitting rates are highly regional. Not only that, I would say very specific. Like, if if you're watching a one-year-old who's just going to lay in the crib versus a four-year-old versus an eight-year-old, like, yeah. it's a big span of time and or what, a big span of price, I would say. And what you really need to do is find out comparable um, services in your area and charge what you feel comfortable from there according to like you like i said if you have any special certifications you can charge a little more if you have a lot of experience you can charge a little more um but you ask for a different fee if you're babysitting in manhattan than you do if you're babysitting in i don't like indiana right, right. I, I would also say that uh, so to to answer kind of both questions if this is something that you do like professionally um you know like this is your job right not just like something someone asked you to do once but like something i think develop a set of questions to ask the person and tell them that you need those questions answered so that you can give them a quote like a survey right yeah. so that way you can say like you know does the child have any health concerns, uh, what time is bedtime, you know, any behavioral concerns they need to know about, any, whatever, whatever you want to say. How old is the kid? How many kids will be there? Dietary restrictions I need to be or anything that like the more because that's the thing. If it's like, no, here's a super easygoing four year old. Right. And here is a kid that every four hour or every like hour needs I don't know, an injection of insulin or something, right? Like, that's a different... Those are two different... There are factors, right? There are factors that go into what I think you should quote. And then that also establishes, like, you will be paying me money. Yes. Uh, There will be a quote. And and here's the other thing, and this holds true of so many things. Say that you... What your rate is as a statement and not a question... Like, if you're going to charge $15 an hour, right, say, my rate is $15 an hour, so for three hours, that would be $45, right? Instead of, well, my rate is $15 an hour, is that okay? Is that, does that sound right? What do you think? Any of those things, like, know what your time is worth, and then say what your time is worth, and leave it up to them if that doesn't work. You know, if you say, it's $15 an hour, and they say, like, oh, well... You know, I was kind of planning on $10 an hour. Then, you know, you might be able to say like, well, for this first time, we can set it at $10 an hour. And then if we're happy with how it goes after that, it will be $15 an hour. Right. Whatever you want to do. Or I have heard of some uh, some caregivers asking for a different rate for awake children versus a sleep. Children. Yes. Right. But that's the thing is know what your time is worth. And tell them what your time is worth instead of asking what they think your time is worth. Because that's the other thing. 
a lot of people, if they ask me, like, well, what, what, what would you offer? I'd be like, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, five bucks, a hundred bucks. Somewhere, what, what Somewhere do you between think? those. Um, like I said, really do some research in your area. Ask your friends. Ask Facebook. Things like that so that you can, you know, be a reasonable amount within your community. Um, Anna asks, is it still babysitting if it's family? I mean, like, older kid taking care of their baby niece or something. And I would say, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's still babysitting. I don't know if I would... I never got paid to babysit my younger sister. But what I did get was leverage, right? Sure. So I got... Things like, okay, well, I've been babysitting Elizabeth for five hours now. I would like, since you are home, I would like to go and have dinner with my friends tonight instead of with the family. And then my mom would be like, well, I mean, you did do me some really great favors. Okay, go ahead. I think that that makes total sense. But I I also think my, this is where it gets really, really subjective. But like. If you're talking about like an older, like a you know an older kid taking care of like a, a baby niece or something, I think that is like you're taking time out of your life to go do it. That's a job. If it's like, hey, uh, you're 17 and I want you to keep an eye on your 14 year old brother while I'm gone, right? You're both going to be in the house anyways. You were both going to be doing it anyways. You're now just a little bit more responsible than you were when the parent was there. That feels just like family watching out for family. Hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know that there's a hard and fast rule there so much as it's like, hey, like you usually go out on Friday nights, but don't go out this Friday night because I need you to watch your brother. That feels like a job. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. I think if you are giving. Here are some more kind of parameters, right? Do they live with you? And do. uh are you expected to provide your own transportation? Because a lot of babysitters are, are too young to drive. Mm. Um, and then, like, are you, do, you going to get fed? Is it like a dinner thing where they're making extra food for you? Um, and, like, how well do you know this family? Is this something where it's like tit for tat? I scratch your back, right. you scratch mine. That's what I'm saying. If it's like, if it's like, you know, if, if, my parents had asked me to keep an eye on Griffin while they were gone. I wouldn't be like, all right, let's talk terms. You know, it's like, <laughs> of course, yeah, it's my little brother. But if someone had called me and said like, hey, can you come watch, you know. Riley. Your, yeah, Riley, who is what, like 12, 13 years younger than me. More than that. Isn't she? I thought you were going to say who's like 12 or 13. No, no, no. no I'm just thinking about <laughs> she's at least 17 years younger than me. Right. So I if when so. I was like 19 and they were like, come watch two year old Riley, I'd be like, oh, OK, well. Let's talk to ourselves, you know, but I, I think that there's a certain amount of like, is it an inconvenience and how much responsibility are we really talking? You know, right. That would be mine. But I'm also pretty cold blooded. Um, <laughs> this is let's see. This is from. Uh, you know that if you went to go babysit Riley, Mary would not only feed you, she would probably also like, I don't know, like. You be uh, if you were nineteen, I wouldn't say that she would offer you booze but because you were underage. She's very nice. She would definitely give you presents. Like you would, you may I'd not get, get a slinky out of the deal. You may not get money out of Mary Smurl, but she would definitely uh, probably brownies. Um, 
compensate you. So this you. is from uh, Kokiri, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but what are the conditions vis-a-vis fridge liberties? Okay. Um, this is something that I looked up specifically because a lot of people, when they hire sitters, they say, help yourself to anything in the fridge. What that really means is you are allowed to eat a few things, but don't finish something. And if it looks like it hasn't been opened yet, don't open it. Yeah. And I and you know what? Here's the thing. What I did is if I was given that instruction before the person left, I would look in the fridge and say, is it okay if I eat this thing? Perfect. Right? And so that way, once again, establish expectations that you know what it is. Because what you don't want is them come home and be like, that was a $300 cheese that I was saying, or whatever. Right. Don't right. eat the $300 cheese. No, no, no. Um, it's a safe bet if you eat what you are serving the children. So if you order a pizza, you can definitely eat some of that. You make a pot of macaroni. Again, you can have some of that. Uh, feed the children first, obviously. Yeah. Um, eat in front of them. Let them know <laughs> that you're in charge. Things like handheld fruits, like bananas, apples, oranges, pears, things like that, uh, are usually fair game. Also, if it is one of many in a package like cheese sticks right like the string cheese as long as there are some left um, and you didn't open the package you can have a a cheese string or you can have like crackers or pretzels or chips that are open but But don't finish them I would say stay away from something like um, you know if there's like a steak or Mm -hmm. you know um, certain like special vegetables or whatever like that is something I wouldn't be like oh I'm gonna fry up these chicken breasts that are right yeah they probably bought those specifically for a meal Mm -hmm. Um, I read a blog uh, which had which was a different reasons why parents fired babysitters and one of the reasons for the firing um, was that the babysitter ate the top of a lasagna so just like the cheese layer on the top of a lasagna that was in the fridge um i would have been like what who does that why would you do that why would you do that don't do that don't do that kind of stuff but like i said um you're usually safe with kid food whether it's like packed lunches cheese um little chip bags of chips or things like that and then i think you had a great idea to ask before you dig in um one last question here and this is from jesse what's the appropriate etiquette for disciplining children you are babysitting um do you need to tell the parents before you do it or just report after if nothing was agreed on beforehand if nothing was agreed on beforehand um timeouts are always a good idea Um, I would say don't send children to their room for timeout because you can't see them then. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So timeout in front of you and, you know, just make yourself as boring as possible. Um, And then make sure that you write down immediately what happened. Yeah. All the steps. Junior did this. I said this. Junior continued. I put Junior in a timeout for two minutes. Right. I I also think, um, yeah, I know you clarified this in the question, Jesse, but I think if at all possible, do everything in your power to to talk to the parents beforehand and say, what is your method of disciplining? 
you know, like, because it varies, not just, not just because you want to be consistent with what the parents are doing, but mm-hmm. also because like, for example, we tried to do like naughty step timeout yeah, and it doesn't it work for ineffective, BB. right? Like BB just thinks it's a fun game. Doesn't work. She does not care. And so like knowing that kind of thing will save you a lot of trouble. And, you know, I think in general, the thing that makes babysitting successful um, and easy for both you and the kid is, you know, parents, uh, caregivers, people who are taking care of kids, they fall into a certain rhythm and a certain, uh, like, pattern, structure, schedule with the kid, right? And a lot of times parents and caregivers, I keep saying parents, but whoever is in charge of the child uh, may take for granted that schedule, and then you step in as a babysitter and you don't know it. Yeah. And that can really throw you off. Um, so making sure that you ask lots of questions and know like, okay, what do I do if the kid doesn't want to eat this food? Right. And then it's like, is would you like me to make them sit there until they eat it? Offer them something else? What's the procedure? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's something that everybody does differently. And I think that that, again, is another distinction between nannying and babysitting where babysitting I think you're walking into something a little more blind than you would as a nanny especially since you be with the child to develop these kind of things where like okay when you are with grandma is different from when you are with me as a babysitter maybe grandma can make you five different meals but me as a babysitter this is what your your mom and dad said that you have to eat yeah so like that's the kind of thing you can you can make a distinguish between um so that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for listening uh thank you to uh i don't know to Teresa. hey thanks Teresa. <laughs> you did great thank you you did great too but thank let's you, Ma- thanks Ma- max maximum fun, I think. fun yes thank you maximumfun.org home to our podcast and so many other amazing podcasts uh also uh, thank you, if we haven't said it before, to San Jose and Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did two great shows there. Um, and well, we very Spanners much did, yes. enjoyed your mall, Salt Lake City. We did. What a great mall, City Creek Center. Yeah. And, and and San Jose, we enjoyed your mystery house. Yes. Um, and uh, if you didn't see, uh, on uh, we just announced uh, all the live shows coming up for My Brother, My Brother, and Me and Adventure Zone. I imagine... Uh, Schmanners will be at a lot of those My Brother, My Brother and Me shows, but we don't know for sure yet. Uh, but that usually happens. But don't plan on it, but <laughs> hope for it. Uh, you can find that at McElroy, uh, dot family, and uh, you can see all of our shows there, all of our merch there, all that stuff. family. click on tours if you want to see where those shows are going to be. Uh, they go on sale Friday at noon Eastern. Um, let's see. What else, Teresa? Well, we always thank Brent Bruntlefloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla and Wasso for our Twitter thumbnail art. Check out uh, their portfolio. Also, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for the cover picture of our fan run Facebook group, which you can join. It's called Schmanners Fanners. Lots of people giving and getting great advice. Um, also, follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. Um, we also always take um, fan submissions into account. So please send your uh, show ideas to SchmannersCast at gmail.com. <laughs>
And that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.